0: From the Financial Times in London, this is Hard Currency. I'm Katie Martin, and here to do the talking is Oliver Harvey from Deutsche Bank. It's been all drama in Asian currencies so far this year, particularly with China, but closer to home in Europe, there are some currencies at some really interesting points. Chief among them, I would say, is sterling. It's had one of its biggest falls since the Bank of England gained independence in 1997. Oliver, what is this about? Is this the Brexit premium? I think
1: investors are getting a little bit more nervous about Brexit. I mean, I think a difference between the Scottish referendum, if you go back to 2014... Uh, is that it came as a big shock to the market when that poll came out and everyone got excited about it. I don't think it's possible to say this time around that Brexit is coming or that this referendum, rather, is coming as a surprise. And you can see that in the options market where you've got quite a lot of risk premium priced in. I would say, though, that the fall in the pound over the last uh, two or three months has been less to do with Brexit and more to do with the Bank of England. And right. in particular, it's been about the market taking out uh, those hikes that, that, we'd, uh, w- that we'd been promised by the Bank of England when they... Uh, uh, changed their tune in the, the November. Speech, in, the that, famous Lincoln speech. The Lincoln speech, Lincoln Cathedral speech, absolutely. <laughs> um, when, they, when they changed their tune in the November inflation reports and also subsequently the data has been a lot weaker. So to be fair to the Bank of England, it seems to justify um, their approach. Um, wage numbers have been coming off, uh, the GDP data has been softer. Mm. Um, so they were probably right in, in their approach. I think actually it's been more of a cyclical Phenomena than a than a Brexit phenomenon, and I think going forward, one of the reasons why we're continue to be um, a, a bearish on the pound is is the cyclical side. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen the fiscal tightening yet. Um, we're going to see the biggest fiscal tightening of any major uh, developed economy in the second half of this year, and the growth numbers have already slowed, and we've got that yet to come. So I think, if anything, the risks are to the downside.
0: We had the GDP numbers out earlier. What do you think they're telling us? 0.5% on the quarter, right? 0.5%
1: 0.5% on the quarter, the full year growth last year was 1.8%. In 2014, it was 2.8%. So we're already... The direction of travel is that's pretty right. clear. And right. it's interesting, if you look at a rank of the UK uh, in terms of GDP growth versus the rest of G10, you know, back in 2014, we were top of the... F- top of the pack. It was actually something our Chancellor was very pleased to point out. <clears throat> if the current growth momentum continues, we'll be number six. So we've gone from being one of the fast, well, the fastest growing economy in the G10 to in the bottom half. Mm-hmm. So there has been a significant slowdown. And as I say, we, we still have yet to see this big pickup in fiscal tightening.
0: Yeah. I mean, just going back to the Brexit question, quite a lot of people seem to be using this referendum as an opportunity to worry about the UK's current account deficit. You know that's been there for ever, and it's the sort of thing that people only worry about when there's something else to worry about if you know what I mean is it a legitimate concern and how much could it weigh down the
1: currency Uh, the interesting thing about the current account deficit as you as you as you rightly say you know we tend to be a current account deficit country you know it's been there for a long time happens to be particularly bad at the moment uh, but we have been able to sustain a, a big current account deficit the flip side of the current account deficit and the reason it's so wide is we've actually been generating a huge financial account surplus so it's just basic balance of payments accounting identity. What that means is that we've been, uh, you know, the number one destination for FDI inflows. We've seen record portfolio inflows. And that's what's been driving Sterling uh, stronger over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think going forward, the question is, are those big capital inflows sustainable? Yeah. Um, one is the cycle is slowing. The second one, as you say, is, is, the, is the Brexit risk. Um, and if we see those capital inflows begin to slow, uh, then the current account will Improve, uh, but the pound will weaken. Yeah. So, I think when we talk about current account adjustment in the UK and what it means for sterling, what we really mean is financial account adjustment.
0: Right. right. What's your target on the downside for sterling
1: now? Well, we think the end of this year will be 128 uh, in cable. So, we have a pretty aggressive forecast.
0: What about my Christmas shopping trip to New York? You're saying no to that.
1: Oh, uh, you might have to postpone it. But on the plus side, <laughs> you know, South Africa is a very nice yes. country. <laughs> to go on holiday and a sterling (laughs) czar is still, you know, right at the top. What's it, about
0: 24 now?
1: Uh, Something like that, yeah. It's crazy. Definitely plan your safaris now.
0: Okay, noted. Moving on to the euro, it seems to be really caught in between some pretty big tides at the moment. I mean, Mario Draghi is dead serious. And if you doubt it, you can look at his speech from the other day. He's dead serious about doing more easing if it comes to it. But euro dollar is not budging I'm guessing this is because of this bizarre relationship that the euro has with risk sentiment now. It, 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 would you agree? Yeah,
1: I think you've, you've literally hit the nail on the head there. Um, you've seen euro being this very risk on currency so a high correlation positive correlation with equities so the euro being this this risk off currency so a negative correlation with equities and i think that has to do with the way that the eurozone has structurally changed which is now eurozone has this very large current account surplus which is kind of a stationary variable it's not really going anywhere anytime soon and what drives the euro is not the current account again it's the financial account Mm -hmm. it's whether european investors are recycling all those excess savings. Mm. So when the world looks good, they do recycle those excess savings, they buy foreign assets and the euro weakens, and vice versa. So so the euro at the moment is trapped, I think, as you say, by what's happening in China, um, and and the relatively negative external environment. That being said, I mean, going forward, I think, um, you know, we prefer to be short euro dollar rather than long from here. Uh, One reason is the ECB, Um, I think they will be very intolerant of uh, euro dollar much higher from here, given how bad the inflation uh, backdrop is is, is getting. Um, and the second one is, you know, the market. yes, the US economy isn't doing as well as it has been. Um, but that has been pretty well priced by the market. In the sense that we've really only got one hike price this year um, and and the Fed had previously been talking about three if you look at the dots and uh, four if you uh, if you believe uh, some of the f o m c members um, so I think there's still some chance that the u s economy can surprise to the upside yeah. um, and that we get uh, a more hawkish repricing of fed hikes
0: but it could be a, you know an unusually boring year for Eurodollar. dollar i think we've all we've all earned one we could do with one in a way
1: well absolutely yeah
0: um on one of the smaller currencies in our time zone, the Swedish krona is uh, is another one caught between some crosshairs. The, the central bank would dearly love it to be weaker. Unfortunately, the economy is going gangbusters and so it's not. <laughs> Who is wrong? Who's going to lose their shirt here?
1: Um, well, look, the the Swedish economy is going gangbusters and you can make an argument, it's, it's almost overheating it's the fastest growing economy uh, in the G10, manufacturing confidence is at it, is it record highs, the trade balance is improving house prices are still rising pretty strongly, so pretty much on any metric the Swedish economy is doing really well, the only thing that's not doing really well is inflation and the problem that the Riksbank have had over the last few years is very low inflation and and not really meeting their their mandate for for price stability. And that's particularly problematic in the first quarter because in the moment in Sweden, you have very important wage negotiations going on. It's a big collective bargaining process in Sweden. It doesn't happen very often. The Riksbank are very focused on those. And what they don't want to do is give the impression they're just going to let the inflation target go. So that's why I think in the very near term, if you get excessive krona strength um or rather if the kroner uh, appreciates a lot there isn't there is a chance that the Riksbank do do some currency intervention i think on a 12 month basis if you're if you're looking a bit further forward um given the strength of the economy and given the kroner is so cheap um, uh, it will be one of the better performing currencies
0: yeah might be a rocky road though
1: <laughs> might be a rocky road
0: <laughs> oliver thanks very much
1: thank you Thank you for listening to Hard Currency. Do keep in touch with all the FX news in the Financial Times on www.ft.com/markets and join us again next week for Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface.